Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What Christmas is all about. Some want to pull down every manger scene and tell us why our favorite Christmas traditions are wrong. Newsflash, not in the Bible. That's a pagan idol symbol. It was the winter solstice. Jesus was not born in December. It's exactly what the Druids did. It's like a carjacking, but like of our religion. And guess what? Santa got in the car, kicked Jesus out, and was like, rolling, 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 and took, and took it. Isn't it time somebody spoke up? Everything you see inside there, it's all about Christmas. It's all about Jesus. I know you love Christmas, and you want it to be all about what it's all about. This Christmas, dive headfirst into all of the joy, the dancing, the celebration, the feasting, the imagination and traditions that glorify the true reason for the season. Ooh, work Holy Spirit. Ha, can I get an amen? I see the scales are falling off. Glory, ah, glory. Mm. Join me and my family, and together, let's put Christ back into Christmas. Welcome to They Call This Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Call This Movie. We are part of the Main Damien Network. To find more from us, check out the website at themaindamien.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at themaindamien. We're also now a proud member of Geek Fives Nation. You can find them at gbnation.com. Welcome back to They Call This Movie. This is Anthony Delvecchio. With me, as always, is Dan Aquino and Mark Meyer. Say hello, gentlemen. How's it going, guys? I don't know if you guys have this, but I think I had a moment while watching through this movie and then rereading because i'd watched this movie before how much my thoughts have changed in six years over what has gone on in the world in those last six years sure, there's I'm, not a piece of media that purposely encapsulates that than the movie we watched today so and i'll get into it <laughs> so in 2014 you loved this movie i can't believe i heard that the same thing you you watched this movie before twice this? yeah and once Dan, on have your you own. ever been to our website? I literally <laughs> wrote a review on the website. No, you did no. that. You wanted to watch this movie. Dan doesn't even listen to the show. Oh, yeah, that's true. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we actually have a guest this week from Binge Media. Uh, we have Alex. Alex, thanks for joining us. Well, you guys said this was going to be a big Kurt Cameron fan expo. So <laughs> as the leading Midwestern Kurt Cameron fan... Uh, I'm happy to be here. Thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, thank you for joining us. Why don't you tell us a little bit, tell the listeners about uh, Binge Media. All right. Well, we are a movie and TV podcast, and it's super unique. 
Um, we've been doing this for since 2015, when uh, Binge Media started, and just this past year, during 2021, we started a we revamped our Patreon to include the full binge. It's five bucks a month. You get some of our exclusive shows. You get um, you know the first couple hours of the binge cast, which is available on the free feed, but we also do another couple hours of just exclusive content for Patreon. That's uh, patreon.com slash binge media. And uh, yeah, we're having a good time you know, talking movies as you guys do. Great. Yeah. I mean, the main website is binge right? Correct. Great. Yeah. Uh, we had Pete before to talk to us about the Neil Breen movie. I don't even remember the name of it anymore. Uh, and I know you guys went into mm-hmm. like a little bit of a rabbit hole watching Neil Breen movies after that. Uh, yeah, that would be Double Down. That right. is the <laughs> the first one from uh, the greatest living writer director that we know, Neil Breen. <laughs> um, yeah, big bone to pick with you guys for introducing us to that because that yeah we did go down a rabbit hole and you know one of our guys wound up picking up the. Five film retrospective from Mr. Neil Green. Oh, oh man. Which uh, <laughs> we're getting ready to put together a, a night where we could, you know, bask in the glory of, um, you know, one of the greatest cinematic minds that, that we know today, including Kirk Cameron. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, we updated, we were updating the, uh, the schedule for movies that we're going to cover in the future, and Fateful Findings is officially on that. Good. So that'll be our second one. Uh, nice. I think I think objectively probably his best his best film. So <laughs> might be in the minority on that one. Gotcha. Uh, that's what I hear. Your uh, double down is just a, a precursor to he's uh, getting his sea legs ready. That's right for fateful findings. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get into this week's movie, we usually talk about what movies or what we've been watching in the past week. Alex, is there anything that you've been watching this past week that you want to talk about? <clears throat> You know, um, I'm a huge music fan, huge Beatles fan, so that Peter Jackson Beatles Get Back special has been nothing short of fantastic. Just being a, a fly on the wall in the studios while they're making Let It Be is pretty pretty fantastic. Yeah. Uh, the, we were watching a little bit over the weekend because we had a Christmas party, and mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that footage is it's kind of amazing that they actually have access to all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We, uh, we actually, Anthony brought up a, uh, a good question because uh, while we were watching it, uh, Yoko was there, and you know, like, everyone gave Yoko a lot of guff about you know her involvement with the Beatles and everything. But she just she was literally just sitting there next to John, reading a magazine, not doing anything. Mm-hmm. And Anthony posed the question: Is it more basically like toxic? Uh, uh, I think the question was: did, uh, Does she really have a a stake in the claim that she broke up the Beatles, or is it all? John's ego, and we're just blaming her for uh, our deep-seated toxic, toxic masculinity. <laughs> yeah, and, and I th- right, I think that's such a good question because I think it's it, maybe it's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. But yeah, from from the documentary, it's hard to put the blame on Yoko there because again, she's it looks like it's so boring for her, mm-hmm. literally just sitting there reading a, a magazine. Yeah, I could see that there would be a situation that maybe like he gets pissed off at Paul and he like uses her as a sounding board. Mm-hmm. And then she's just like, yep, you're right. Yep, mm-hmm. yep, you're the best in there. And it just like fuels his ego to where it creates mm-hmm. this kind of chasm. Yeah, I'm kind of with Mark. I, I think it's a little column A, a little column B. There's actually a pretty, I don't know, lengthy is the right word, but in a three-hour film, maybe it is, conversation that Paul has with the other two guys 
when John's not there about the whole Yoko situation. He's he's and he says something like, you know, in 50 years, this is going to be hilarious because, you know, people are going to be like, oh, you know, Yoko brought broke up the Beatles just by sitting on an amp or something like that. You know, and it's <laughs> it, yeah, it's kind of weird to hear Prophetic. that and hear them talk about that while, you know, majority <laughs> of the world totally blames Yoko for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Dan. What about you? What have you, have you watched anything this week? I, I watched a few things. So I, I saw uh, Venom Two: Let There Be Carnage, and just again on purpose. I, I yeah, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't. And they're making another one. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. It's better than the first one, but I don't know. That's that's not saying a whole lot. In this one, Tom Hardy and the director were making the same movie. <laughs> Yeah, I'll yeah, that. for sure. It, right. <laughs> I I think it's really just. I think these movies are really just carried on the back of Tom Hardy, which is fine. I I like Tom Hardy enough, but I I don't care enough about. Maybe it's me. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't care about Venom unless Spider Man's in it. But sure. it's it's just a ton of overacting. I love Woody Harrelson. I love Tom Hardy, and it again, it's just it's a very Everything's over the top at all times. It's over the top, over the top, over the top. And yeah, I just, I, I'm not here for it, unfortunately. Okay. So Upgrade is still the best Venom, Venom movie. It, absolutely. <laughs> I, I would go Upgrade, Carnage, <laughs> Venom. And that's, that's, the, that's the symbiote trilogy right there. Uh, so I watched that. Then I, I, I started kicking off the holiday movie spree. Uh, uh, Jingle All the Way, Santa Claus... Die Hard, Lord of the Rings. Those are my Christmas movies. Mm. And I, I know, Ant, you're chomping at the bit to tell me that Lord of the Rings is not a Christmas movie. I'm sure of it. I don't know that they that the Hobbits celebrate Christmas, but I'll let you have it. They don't at all. It's it, my wife and I got into this <laughs> argument about it because we were watching and I said, "This is my. These are some of my favorite Christmas movies." Like, it, there's zero mention of Christmas. There's no, there's no Life Day in it. There's, there's nothing. And I. The the reason why I put it as a Christmas movie or those three as Christmas movies is because during my high school years they would always come out at Christmas, so right. they were just fond Christmas memories during just four terrible years of my life. <laughs> I mean, look, uh, Freeform or whatever they call it now, they use Christmas as an excuse to watch all the, to show the Harry Potter movies. So, you know, you do you. That's a good point. All right, so I'm I'm chalking that up as a win. Yeah, and, but but Dan, at least Harry Potter is kind of set in England where uh, Christmas you know exists. The, the Christmas exists. <laughs> so it's got a little bit more of a footing than Lord of the Rings. No, I mean, you're one hundred percent right. <laughs> There's always one Christmas scene of like Ron getting like shitty hand me downs because his parents are poor. But yeah, all right, is that it? Uh, yeah. yeah, that's it for me. All right, uh, what about you, Mark? Anything? I- the only thing I'm watching, and probably be for the next uh, three weeks here, is I'm watching Hawkeye. Okay. So, um, yeah, it's good so far, um, like all those shows have been. And, um, of course, I was at the party and was watching Let It Be with you guys and probably going to watch a little more of it, maybe not all six or eight hours or however long it is. But, yeah, it was really interesting just to have it on in the background there. And just those those kind of documentaries, that kind of intimate footage is always very interesting no matter what the no matter what your history of the subject matter is um because you're seeing you know the real people uh say the things that you've only heard either secondhand or through 
you know, retellings and articles and books. So I, I think just that voyeurism was really interesting to me while, while watching it. Okay. As for me, I didn't watch shit this week because this was my last week in I have to clean up all the leaves purgatory. So every every free moment I had this week was cleaning up leaves. So I didn't watch shit. <laughs> Except for the few what we did for watched the Beals documentary and some Christmas movies that I've seen a bunch of times. I haven't watched Hawkeye because I haven't watched any of those Marvel shows since Falcon and Winter Soldier. Has they have they proved that he is or is not a white supremacist Jesus yet? Jesus Christ. It's <laughs> never gonna let this die. <laughs> well, they backtracked it because they've they've now shoehorned in that he also killed the the mafia in New York, which uh <laughs> consists of Italians and Russians. He's so... going after Russians. Russian the white Russian guys. I don't know. He's he goes after evildoers. I'm telling you, Endgame, all they show him is him killing minorities. Well, you can't have you can't have him killing everybody in that movie. You got to move on to other characters, all right? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> That's why Endgame's my least favorite, by the way. They just, just kill minorities. Yeah, they just kill just... minorities. I'm like, oh, god yeah. damn it! <laughs> just uses the excuse of the snap to just take out his frustrations on the Japanese. <laughs> I feel like you should be, I feel like your ire should be directed at the Russo brothers more so than, than Jeremy Renner. I, I said Hawkeye. I didn't say Jeremy Renner. That's well, your own personal bias, Dan. I'm just saying he yeah. didn't write the scripts. <laughs> I got no problems with Jeremy Renner, but that's all I saw. I, which was nothing. So <laughs> we're going to take a quick break and pay some bills with some ads and we'll be right back. And welcome back. Now it's time to get into this week's movie. This week was Mark's pick. And Mark, you put us through the ringer this week. So why don't you introduce this week? Yeah, so um, I chose a holiday classic. No, I'm kidding. No, Kirk Cameron's Saving Christmas. Two reasons for choosing this. One, I had to have other people watch this movie and give their opinion on it. Just because I know uh, how much fun I have completely ripping apart movies with uh, these two gentlemen. So I was like, Christmas movie, let's put this in there so that I can get their views on it. And also, I want to see if for any reason my thoughts had changed on it, because I had watched it for my 25 Days of Christmas um, thing where I was watching 25 Christmas movies throughout December. The unfortunate thing is that there is not a whole lot of variety in Christmas movies as there are in horror movies. So after two years and like 50 movies or something rough like that, I was like, oh, these are basically all the same movie. So this was one of the ones that stood out because it was terrible and it was both what I expected and what I a little bit of what I didn't expect. I think I gave it more of a pass six years ago just because the world was much different in 2015 um, than it is currently. I think I gave a pass for most of this movie when I really shouldn't have. I still rated it a three out of ten. I did hate it, but uh, yeah, this is much more... I think he makes only one good point in the entire movie, and it has nothing to do with Jesus or Christmas or anything. It's the point where he says that about changing how stories are told to younger generations. Um, it's one of his first monologues in this whole monologue of a movie. And it's something that, that I believe and think about a lot is that you think, I always write, you think of some of the stories that were told in children's books and fairy tales back in like the 19th century or even the early 20th century compared to how some of those same stories are told today. And he kind of has a little bit of a point there, but then he just has to throw Jesus all over it, just slab <laughs> it 
all over the his entire theory. So, yeah, yeah, it was interesting going back to it because there is an entire section which I want to get your thoughts on where out of nowhere, all of a sudden we have some kind of uh, conspiracy theorist probably listens to Alex Jones' character show up and then there's no payoff. It's just the one scene and then that's it. It's it's the oddest thing and not even to mention what happens in the last five minutes. Of- <laughs> All right. I think we. I might have to go back to look at this article and maybe scrub it from the internet because I don't know if we want to be associated with <laughs> giving Kurt Cameron a pass. But uh, Alex, I'm going to go to you. What are your What are your thoughts? Where are you coming from going into this, and where are you coming from going out of it? Because I'd love to know. <laughs> well, this is my first Liberty University film. <laughs> yeah. Um, my first. Kurt As is Cameron. ours. Yeah. Oh, nice, nice. And my first like post, forget that body swap movie in the eighties uh, oh. that he did with Vice Versa. Um, um, anyway, yeah, I think this is my first one since then. First Kirk Cameron vehicle since then. And um, all, all I heard was just like the rumors. Super Jesusy. He's really into religion and saving people. Um, which he has a lot of in common with uh, Neil Breen there. Yeah, like I, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Just, his delivery in this. I, I don't know why I always have Neil Breen on the mind. Maybe because he's <laughs> that kind of dude, but his delivery was just so Neil Breenish in this um, talking about people losing their touch with uh, Christmas, you know, through Christ and all that stuff. It's just, it's just fantastic. I love the QAnon section in this. That's really nice. <laughs> it's, it's, I thought, I don't know. I thought I saw those guys in uh, four day, four hours at the Capitol or whatever that was called. <laughs> HBO documentary. Um, no, but uh, it's, it's very, I expected him to be a little bit more animated, a little bit crazier with the message, but he just kind of sits in the car with his brother-in-law, Yeah, which I was confused. Like, why is this the first? It, it seems like his brother-in-law and his sister have been together for a bit, and this mm-hmm. is the first time he has a crisis of Christmas, I guess. Mm-hmm. They're sitting in the car, and I thought he was going to be like, no, dude, you got to blah, blah, blah. But he just lets him talk with, but Kirk Cameron has like this smug look on his face. Like, yep, I'm, yep, I got an answer for this. He's got, he's got them all loaded up. He's like, yep, <laughs> I got an answer for that too. Um, and then I, I think that's probably my favorite part is just the Kirk Cameron's, he's very patient. Kirk Cameron is <laughs> he's very patient with his brother-in-law. And then he's just like, no, dude. And then like immediately is fire and brimstone. He's like, let's go back. Let me tell you this story. And he's like, you got to remember all this suffering and stuff. And I'm like, I thought this was a Christmas movie. <laughs> but if he wants to go Old Testament with it, then that's cool, too, I guess. Right. Yeah. Uh, he was very patient with his brother-in-law who just needed to ad lib so they could fill an hour and 15 minutes to get to that dance sequence. Yep. Oh, my God. <laughs> Rough. Dan, what about you? What are you uh, thinking about um... this? I feel like Kirk Cameron should be cast as Mr. Fantastic because he does a ton of stretching in this movie. <laughs> oh, so, when did you write that? I was like, yeah, where we Dan, how long have you been planning that? Uh, about 40 minutes into the movie. Okay. <laughs> right, right, no, right when he talks about the Christmas trees. Right? Yeah. He's like, let me take you back. Fucking That's Genesis, the worst one. bro. Boom. Gotcha. Like, a whole, like, like Alex was saying, he, he had an answer for everything. <laughs> And he's so full of shit. 
because, because the brother-in-law is 100% correct that pagans would use the fir trees at, in their uh, winter solstice. But like, yeah, but God gave us winter solstice when he yeah. decided that how the earth would revolve around the sun. <sighs> All right, man. Cool. I guess we're, we're going there. We're just, we're, we're, we're discounting science here. So that's, uh, that's where we're at. But yeah, he, he, like there's trees in Genesis with Adam and Eve. Do you hear yourself? Do you hear yourself? You're really bending over backwards to ju- to try to disprove this stuff. I, at first, I got a little worried because you, it opens up with him posturing in front of the fireplace. And like, I love Christmas. I love the lights. I love hot chocolate. I love the presents. Oh, fuck, I, I like that stuff too. I think Kirk Cameron and I have some, some stuff in common, and that's kind of nerve-wracking. But then he it quickly devolves because he is insufferable in this movie. <laughs> That's the perfect word for it. Yeah, it's he. You're right because he's so smug and he's Mister Know It All. When he his grasp of the the Bible is so loose, it's so loose. Where even when he's talking about how the three wise men they bring the frankincense, the myrrh, and the gold, like that's for a that's for a burial, not. It's those were expensive gifts at the time. That was to pay homage to the you know the quote unquote uh, new king. I, I I don't know if there's anyone here who's super religious. I'm not trying to dump on religion or anything. It's, these are tenuous strings that he's weaving. Again, it, it's really just a gotcha kind of thing. Like oh you're you're mm-hmm. uh, you think you got me here, but I can I can disprove everything with quote unquote facts from the Bible. And and then I at the last the last part of the movie I turned off immediately once it uh once it got into the the dance choreography I said yeah I I, I tapped out oh you didn't get to the gag reel no there's a gag reel <laughs> there's a gag reel there's another couple of uh, Marvel after the credit scenes it's amazing oh yeah I'm glad I tapped out <laughs> I'm so happy. Okay. I also love in the beginning um, where he, where Kirk Cameron's sitting there and he's introducing, he's like, I got to admit, I love cookies. I even love cookies. And it's like, whoa, slow down, guy. You're so brave. crazy here. Little crazy. <laughs> so brave. I, I got to admit it. <laughs> he loves hot chocolate, too. You know, there ain't, there ain't a goddamn drop of hot chocolate in that mug. <laughs> now, which one? It's just going to be, I'm going to mess this up, but which one of these dialogues is better i love christmas or i love sunday walks with babies from skyscraper <laughs> sunday uh sunday walks in the park and little babies oh. yeah which one of those is is better yeah i gotta i gotta go with anna nicole on this one yeah well, it's, <laughs> yeah all right it, it, I, I just thought of that one just now because you reminded me of that but God damn, man! It's I I I thought this was gonna be a legit movie, not him again posturing for eighty yeah. minutes about this the Bible. Is, this is a movie in the loosest sense of the term. We may have uh, picked the wrong movie here because it's not really a movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it very strange. Eight, eighty <laughs> minutes, eighty minutes, barely a movie. Yeah, it, it's you're expecting a movie, you get an air beating <laughs> for eighty yeah. minutes yeah. about how you're not. Uh, keeping a focused eye on what Christmas is all about. It, it right. really shows you something when uh, Candace Cameron does not show up in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Even he, his wife said no thanks to this one, yeah, too. Yeah. <laughs> Chelsea Noble's like, fuck no. I'm not coming out of retirement for this piece of shit. 
Dude. And the third Cameron sibling was like, sure, on camera? I get to actually be on camera? Oh, yeah. yeah. She, and she didn't change her face once. She's no. got that no. same sour face throughout the entire runtime. It was it's very distracting. Very oh, distracting. Because yeah. there's just, that one scene when there's Effie no comes e in. Expressionless. Yeah. Yeah. When he comes back into the party and she's like coming towards him and it's in slow motion because it's only 109 minutes. It's only an hour and nine minutes long. <laughs> and she's just got that like one crooked eye coming towards him. And it's like, why are we looking at this woman for 40 seconds in slow-mo? Yeah. We're not even like the he's not even talking to I mean, like like Dan said, not necessarily sure if anybody's religious on this podcast, but he's talking specifically to Christians that yeah. that read the Bible as it's has been read for however long the Bible has been written. He's just uh spouting his prosperity theology over it, saying, No, it's good it's good to be materialistic yeah. you're reading the wrong don't help the poor right oh my god get eat yeah. ham he gets he gets so yeah. into ham he mentions ham like nine times at the end there there's a there's a good bit of youth pastor energy in this movie Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah the only thing that's missing is making like pop culture references in his story <laughs> turning his chair to... backwards and sitting yeah. on it Roll yeah. up hey, let me vibe with you guys for a little bit. <laughs> but like having an answer for everything. That's, you know, that was the vibe I got from that. But the the whole all of a sudden, all right, here's the uh, angels we have heard on high, the dubstep version. Oh, <laughs> it's, God. oh man. Yeah, yeah, it was just, it felt like, and uh, yeah, I you'll probably mention it later, Ant, but the guy that played the brother-in-law was actually the director. Yep. So it just felt like they these families just got together in a Christmas party and was like, why don't we just film a movie? That's exactly what it seems like. Also, it just <laughs> looks like the most terrible party of all. Yeah. I don't want I don't want to go to Christmas party like Yeah, for sure. Alex, you have no love for the God Squad? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe or, I need to be saved. <laughs> I need to reevaluate my life if I wind up at a Christmas party with Kirk Cameron. It's like, yeah. man, I'm running into the wrong circles. But <laughs> also you know, DeAndre, you know, he wasn't a offensive stereotype at all. Nope. No, no not at all. Mm -mm. Especially if you watch the post credit sequence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I, I think I might have fast forwarded the gag reel. <laughs> no, no, there's a post credit sequence mm. where there's some beatboxing and rapping. Oh, boy. Mm -hmm. Oh, boy. I missed where that part. The whole, yeah, the whole end of it is just him, like, praising Kirk Cameron, the, yeah. uh, the conspiracy theory guy. Jeez, yeah, I thought I thought when we watched Left Behind because this isn't actually this isn't our first Kirk Cameron movie we've ever covered. We watched Left Behind. I thought it wasn't going to get worse, but that this movie gets rid of the pretense of having a narrative. Mm -hmm. So and Left Behind actually had at least a story, as much as as much as that also had Kirk Cameron saying Jews with a hard R. Yeah, um, <laughs> he, this this actually did not say the word Jews at all, and I was surprised. But I think that they were making that connection when they said the pagans and druids. I think that's yeah. what they're referencing. Yeah, his his whole monologue in the beginning, like, oh, who, you're going to tell me that druids made hot chocolate? I don't think hot chocolate's really the the issue here, my man. <laughs> I think exactly he's what he said was, "What's next? They're going to tell us that hot chocolate is bad for us. That it was invented by the druids." <laughs> <laughs> it could have been i don't know it's, it's not that great of an invention it's 
You put chocolate in, in water or milk. It's That's the end. That's how it's made. It's just he focused. It's really it's such propaganda. Such propaganda. And it's however you decide to celebrate the holiday, whatever holiday it is. And it's obviously pointing to where, you know, I can't say Merry Christmas to anybody if I go it. No one's stopping you from saying Merry Christmas, guy. If you if you want to go say Merry Christmas to someone, say it. That person might not say it back, but, you know, mm. not there is no one on Earth that is stopping you from doing it, all right? So y- your your message is completely wrong here. But I get what he's going for. The people at DeAndre's work seem to have a problem with us, though. <laughs> they do. And Crazy Shirt Fridays. Yeah, I mean, come on. <laughs> what are they, next, they're going to take away Thursdays? What? <laughs> Why? Why do they always, they always go to the next unbelievable length? They can take away Thursdays, too? It's like, what? No. <laughs> it's like t-shirts. No, we're not doing crazy shirts. It, it, it always reminds me of uh, somebody had always joked is, like, the best way to end the conversation with a conspiracy theorist is when they bring up something, just say something even crazier. It's the out, out's conspiracy theory, the conspiracy theorists. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the moon landing was fake. Pfft, you believe in the moon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's sad. It's just a sad state of affairs. Yeah. And what and and take away all that other stuff and, and just to Kirk Cameron's performance. This is a guy that had a sitcom revolving around him for 168 oh. episodes. He's terrible. <laughs> he can't even se- he can't even sell his own propaganda in the in the beginning. He was so natural in that show too. Yeah. Can, real quick before we we go uh, to the break, do you think? Kirk Cameron was trying to lay this kind of Jesus talk on Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He got that one. Listen. And ABC. He got that one girl fired off of Growing Pains. Yeah. She posed for Playboy. Yeah. No one ever talks about it. He had a best friend named Boner. I mean, is this <laughs> just did. him atoning for it or aboning for his sins? Yeah. In this Liberty University that he's got, got me enrolled in now? <laughs> is that ha- Oh, please don't tell me that's how it works. Are we indoctrinated? <laughs> I mean, did you believe it? Did you sign up? I don't know. I'm drinking hot chocolate right now. <laughs> did you <laughs> Did you give money to Jerry Falwell Jr.? I don't know. I'm afraid that I drank the Kool-Aid. <laughs> he mentions that a couple times in the movie. You drank the Kool-Aid. Yeah. The Druid Kool-Aid. <laughs> the, the Kool-Aid that says that Jesus feels like you shouldn't, uh, you should help the poor. That was basically... <laughs> You dumb bastard. How could you fall for that? Hook, line, and sinker. Ridiculous. Where, where does he say in the Bible to help the poor? Ridiculous. <laughs> Let me just drop this knowledge on you about how the swaddling cloth is a, is a reference to what he would later be buried in. Right, bro. Exactly. What were the what was the mic budget? Because he was just dropping them like crazy throughout <laughs> the entire movie. So all he's doing in that vehicle is just dropping mics. They had to get out yep. of it. <laughs> all the mics. I loved where the the, uh, the stepbrother would mock Kirk Cameron, and then Cameron mm. would just you know hit him with the round, the Jesus Roundhouse. Bam! There it is. And then, <laughs> yeah. and then the, the the brother-in-law would have that moment of like, "Well, I I never realized it. Oh my goodness. Well, how about Christmas trees, huh, Mister Smarty Pants? Jesus, that one in. And then, yeah. but like, wait. So like, are you buying into it, or are you not buying into it? <laughs> It's it was a situation where uh, they had no money, so the director posed yeah. as this his brother-in-law, and they shot for two days, 
and they knew that they had to get like 70 minutes out of that one scene is basically what happened mm-hmm. and that's and that's you could t- like i as soon as we, we got into the car i was like i like i was like i'll bet that this guy's the director because that's the only it was like two people <laughs> in a car and this guy's just vamping you know he's yeah. just saying the same things over and over again it's like, like he has like a, a 30 seconds where he's just talking about how this is a hijacking and he just rephrases oh. it hijacking a christmas jacked like carjacking this is the carjacking of christmas <laughs> handjacking he says handjacking <laughs> he says handjacking yeah how does and he not the, realize what that sounds like yeah he's like well we we've got this movie to exactly feature length even with all the bloopers <laughs> <laughs> we can we can we only have a certain amount of time to shoot and screw if it rains. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It just all of a sudden starts raining in the middle of that sea, which couldn't have been on purpose. <laughs> it's for Ombi. God crying. <laughs> Not me again. Come on. Move on. You're part ruining of, everything. Part of me thinks that. Uh, this movie would have been more easily dismissed and not mocked if it was just Kirk Cameron sitting in that chair for an hour and ten minutes, just right. just talking about the movie, yeah. rather than the actual scenes that go on in this. And Saint Nicholas is basically an MMA fighter, apparently. <laughs> he smites oh, him yeah. on the cheek. Like, Holy <laughs> shit! Like he killed someone. But he just he he struck them. Yeah. Kicked so much uh, ass. <laughs> the real story is just like an old man slapping somebody in the face. Right. He uh. DJ Jazzy Jeff, the guy out of, out of the <laughs> team, yeah. the team uh, meeting. He eated him. <laughs> okay, that's How... St. Nick versus Mel Gibson's Fat Man. Who wins in a fight? <laughs> Fat Man. But I feel like... You're not going to vote against Mel Gibson. There, I was going to say, I feel like Mel Gibson is much angrier. So mm-hmm. probably Mel Gibson. Yeah, what religion is the person? Is the other one? Was he, he was Christian, right? He so. was Christian, yeah. I don't know. Then he's not. It's not his kryptonite. It's not Mel Gibson's kryptonite. So, <laughs> what was the? And then the the like the stable girl or his helper has this like weird like one liner. He's like, "Oh, you you glad you got that out of your system?" Oh yeah, it's like coming from central casting. Right. Do you think that was ever uttered? Like that's that, that phrase out of your system. Was that ever uttered in like the before times? <laughs> Oh, like t- 2019? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dan, I'm, I'm surprised you watched that entire scene and didn't mention that uh, Lord of the Rings was mentioned in this Christmas movie. Oh, that's a good point. Oh, he does. Right. He's like, right. It's more Lord of the Rings. Like, wouldn't that be like sacrilegious? Yes. Because right? that's wizards and demons. That's yeah. everything Kirk Cameron despises. That is that is, that is the, the moment he hits full youth pastor as he makes the... the the cultural reference of the time yeah. to connect all of it. But of course, it's 15 years afterwards. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, I got this hip reference. Hey, yeah, striking while you, the iron's hot. Have, have you heard of this cool thing called beatboxing? <laughs> and then it's like some bad rap that's always like yeah. 80s style. Like, my name is Kirk and I'm here to say, you know, <laughs> you, you, the I, yeah, I don't know if you actually watched it, but you just perfectly described the post credit sequence. <laughs> So, Kirk Cameron's Saving Christmas from 2014 was directed by Darren Doan, who is the director of music videos for Pennywise, Blink-182 Pre-Anima of the State, MXPX, and Jason Mraz. So this guy kind of gave up the punk. Stars, Kirk Cameron, Darren Doan, Bridget Cameron, Ben Kientz, 
David Shannon and Rafi Henley has an IMDb score of 1.4 and a Rotten Tomato score of 0%. This is the lowest rated film on Letterboxd with a 0.8 wow. stars out of 5. Yeah. You know what's crazy is I, I queued this up the other day on Amazon and it has 4.5 stars, 910 reviews. God damn. Wow. And I was looking at them like, that can't be right. And then I looked at yeah. IMDb and I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I'm going to guarantee about 90% of those five-star ratings on this movie are absolutely jokes. Yeah, I think he he put a, a I think when this movie first got released, it got it obviously tanked on Rotten Tomatoes. And like he went on his Facebook page and he told people to go on Rotten Tomatoes and tell them that we're you can't tell us what, which movies we want to watch. So just score it high or something like that. It so, backfired yeah. immensely. I heard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, because then then people started raising works. it up, and then like other people were like, "Well, fuck that! This movie sucks." So we're just gonna bomb that too. It has a f- budget of five hundred thousand dollars and made two point seven eight million dollars in box office. So it's a hit, I guess. <laughs> uh, I mean, I know a lot of these movies they just wind up like churches will like buy out entire theaters and mm. to give it to the congregation. That makes that's sense. How, that's how these it's, movies uh, get. It, is it a coincidence that this movie made some money and the Liberty College football team improved right after this? <laughs> Hopefully. Uh, Hopefully those kids get a shot this year. Apparently, yeah. I mean, I, I was I did a lot of I did some research regarding Liberty University and this movie and prosperity uh theology because Maggie Mae Fish is a, a YouTube movie reviewer. She covered this really good video, it's about half hour, and she goes into kind of what Liberty University is and yep. Apparently, like Jerry Falwell Jr. Uh, is basically turning it into like a Ponzi scheme. Basically, yeah, he's yes. taking all that money and just buying up real estate and then selling it back to the school or vice versa. Um, he seems like a scumbag, and his dad was a scumbag, so like mm-hmm. oh, yeah. he's even worse <laughs> in a way. Yeah, um, sounds about right. Yeah. So prosperity theology, sometimes referred to as prosperity gospel, the health and wealth gospel, gospel of success or see faith is a religious belief amongst some Protestant Christians that financial blessing and physical well-being are always the will of God for them. And that faith, positive speech and donations to religious causes will increase one's material wealth. So basically, if you're wealthy, it's because it's God's will. So you shouldn't feel bad for it. That's basically what prosperity theology is. So like Joel Osteen is a big proponent of that and that's why he didn't let the pores into his uh his church during <laughs> katrina um, what a scumbag well yeah. he's also hiding all that money behind the toilets so <laughs> that's right yeah that came what a out great too. story yeah <laughs> that's awesome couldn't let the pores find that <laughs> that's what you want out of your pastors too right yeah. like well he's got money hitting the walls like, what yeah. okay yeah. again it's just if if again I'm not trying to dump on religion here. If you believe it, great. If you don't, great. I think there is a difference between religion, being religious, and practicing a faith, and then this craven idea of religion that has obviously been co-opted into these ideas of uh, just lining your pockets with money. You know, if if God is real or Jesus was real. Uh, I promise you, I promise you people out there, these guys are not going to see them. They are not. <laughs> They're just not. That's not, they, they, it's, it's so loosely based on what they, on what they preach. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. it's a farce. 
Yeah. I don't know. Joel Osteen, Joel Osteen's like, I, I could either buy my way into heaven or one of those new Corvettes. Those look pretty sweet. <laughs> well, it's it's funny you mention that because that like in in the when we first came over from uh, you know England and, and colonized uh, uh, the eastern shores, that's what they did, man. It's like you had to buy your way into heaven, and that mm-hmm. was how they essentially made like the church made their money. It's like, yeah, here's here's a, like an IOU to getting into heaven. Like you're you're set. Like, that's what these guys think they're doing, I guess. Or I think they fully well they they know fully well that they're just scamming people, and they're cool with it. Yeah, I mean, I they. They sleep at night on a giant pile of money. That's how they get to sleep. I sleep on IOUs. Yeah. <laughs> pretty comfy. Pretty comfy. You guys want to get into the plot of whatever it is? Dan, what do you got for us this week? I want to give a quick shout out to uh, our good friends from Geek Vibes Nation, Tia and Brittany. And I'm asking to go check out podcast Coffee Break. Uh, Tia and Brittany get together and discuss movies, comic books, television, they're great people. Brittany streams Itty Bitty Brit. Uh, she streams horror games. She streams action games, RPG games. She's awesome. A lot of fun. Uh, Tia is also the head writer for Geek Vibes Nation. You could follow her at TC underscore Stark on Twitter. He is at Itty Bitty Brit on Twitter. So please go check them out. They're on uh, YouTube. They're on Geek Vibes Nation. So give them a follow. Okay, great. And we're going to take a quick break. And you guys are going to listen to some messages from Friends of Podcast. And we'll be right back. Hey, this is Ken M. Padawan J. Coach Duffy. From the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast. Every week, the ODPH is talking sports, movies, TV, comics, and more. It's always a parlay of topics on each episode. You can find the ODPH on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and wherever you find great podcasts, such as the one you're listening to right now. Don't forget to check out OchoDuroParlayHour.com, where you can find the links to all of the ODPH social media accounts, Links to the bands whose music you hear each week on the show, hashtag 607 podcast info, and parlay points are a companion block section of the show. Thanks for listening to the ODPH. Now get back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Welcome, travelers. Seems like you're looking for a story. Well, I got one for you. It involves adventure, friendship, and all hey, sorts hey, of. Uh, Earl, why don't you tell him about that time I stole that big ass melon? Yeah. Yeah, I, I was going for more. Or you could tell him about the time I kicked your ass, Earl. I wouldn't ever tell him. Do I need to get time. my ref gear on? Okay, everyone, shut up. Now come with me as I tell you a story from afar. Hey, everybody, my name's David. I'm the DM for From Afar Podcast. A from Afar Podcast is all about four friends separated by distance, brought together by adventure. Hope you all stop by and give us a listen. Thanks. And welcome back. Now it's time to get into the plot for Kirk Cameron Saving Christmas. We open on a title card for Liberty University, training champions of Christ since 1971. We know immediately we're in for 90 minutes of garbage. It's not that long of a time to be training people, honestly. I feel (laughs) like, isn't that something that should have been around for a much longer time? I mean, Jerry Falwell is the founder of it, so, you know, he had had to do it when he had his money. Good point. Yeah. We think of Kirk Cameron talking to the camera about all things he loves for about Christmas. He loves fire, the trees, the decorations, the hymns, and the hot chocolate. And he yeah. doesn't care who knows about it. <laughs> <laughs> and how Christmas is a time for people to be kinder and help one another. So, so far, so good. We really can't argue with any of this. I wanted to add, and that cup he is holding is 100% empty. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 
And then the second shot of the film, we get Kirk telling us that there are some people that don't want people to celebrate Christmas. There's one group that is telling Christians that you could celebrate however you want, just not so loud, as he says. These people I'll refer to as imaginary. (laughs) (laughs) And then another group, Christians themselves, that says all the ways that they celebrate Christmas is all wrong. Yeah, the the first part of his two statements here sounds like just a, a a tweet like it's it sounds like what kirk would say about gay people <laughs> you're allowed to be whatever you want just don't throw just it don't, in my face yeah just don't be loud about it do you really need a parade you need a whole <laughs> month about it no, i didn't even think about do you that. really need That's to so get cool. married and show your love for your life partner in a ceremony god come on guys <laughs> You give them an inch, right? <laughs> and they always want nine. What? <laughs> <laughs> and then he says, what's next? They're going to tell us that hot chocolate is bad for us. That was invented by the Druids, which sounds bad, but at least he laid off the Jews for a moment. Or did he? <laughs> oh, did he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, dude, I guess read between the lines. That's probably exactly what he's talking about. And, and to be honest, hot chocolate's not great for you, if you think about <laughs> yeah. it. Like melt. It's like what are they gonna say? Like I'm pretty sure that there is probably a report that says, yeah, drinking just melted chocolate in a mug is probably not the best health choice. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, sorry to put a damper on your holiday spirit. <laughs> like <laughs> he goes to his doctor and he's like, well, how much hot chocolate are you drinking in a week? He's just like that was. He's like, stop doing that. You can't tell me how to celebrate Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> My whole pantry is stocked with nothing but hot chocolate, Doctor. Just Swissmas after Swissmas. <laughs> uh, suggest- Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Maybe the modern Christians lost sight of the message, or maybe they're listening to the wrong people. The classic, it's the children who are wrong mentality. Or maybe Santa is on the team, he says, and I don't quite understand what that means. (laughs) What team? The neighbors, you know which ones. Uh, and then we then we cut to some ancient shepherd-looking dude slow-mo walking around with a walking stick, which is completely out of context. It comes up later, but we have no fucking clue what's going on right now. And as Kirk Cameron talks about how recently Bible stories have gotten their balls cut off, making the stories we tell children lame as fuck, in so many words. Then we cut to an animated credit sequence with ska music, ska Christmas music. So if Christian propaganda wasn't bad enough, we now have to deal with skanking. Yeah. <laughs> Still waiting for the fourth wave. <laughs> and then we cut to back into now at a party at Kirk Cameron's sister's house. No, not that sister. Candace wisely was unavailable for this film, apparently. Mm. Kirk talks to his sister, commenting on how great the Santa at the party is, which is baffling because the guy doesn't even have a real beard. And his <laughs> sister just says it's their deadbeat uncle who needed a job. In voiceover, Kirk talks about the importance of being able to write your own stories and the opportunity to show yourself off as a hero when you get to tell your own. That's oh, so in the Bible. <laughs> yeah. 
And he mentions that there are a lot of different reasons why someone might not be into Christmas. Financial struggles, loss, relationship troubles, etc. But that doesn't matter because we're going to talk about a guy that's just plain old humbug. And that's Kirk's brother-in-law, Christian. Christian apparently hates children having fun, attending parties out of obligation, and Christmas decorations because of the possibility of satanic messaging. <laughs> Sorry. See, I, I can understand hating a Christmas party because of children. That, <laughs> I completely get that. Sure. It's it's very overwhelming, I'm sure of it. And like, there's, sometimes there is obligation, you know? It's like, God damn it, like, I have to go to this person's house. I just want to hang at, at my house. I just want to hang out. I get look, it. In, in a normal movie that is not written by Kirk Cameron in some sense, Christian's the hero, but he's not in this. <laughs> he's, the, he's the antagonist in this movie. It, it, Christian, Kirk Christian Cameron talks about like all the things that Christians are supposed to yes. live up to. Um, and the, I mean, in in this particular scene, he looks like he literally hates those children, but it winds up being because he hates materialism and the. He's basically. This movie is basically Charlie Brown's Christmas. If ever, if Charlie Brown was just like, ah, fuck it, let's just get, let's just get more stuff. Yeah. <laughs> is what is what this is all about. He Kirk Cameron's entire uh, thesis shut down the minute Christian mentions how many children could we have fed with all the stuff that we bought. You're done. Yep. Game over. You lose Kirk Cameron because he's 100 percent right. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, absolutely. It's like. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, get this. I totally, I just made this connection. In the beginning monologue, Kirk Cameron talks about how during the Christmas season, everybody gives, right? Donations skyrocket. And then he tells them that it's okay to buy these things for uh, for yourself. You just yeah. contradicted yourself, my man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Also, this yeah. this looks like a pretty big and nice house. So obviously... It's got two Christian, giant fridges. Yeah. Two giant fridges. Obviously, Christian and his wife, they work themselves up to afford this kind of thing. And now just Christian just hates himself for it. Yeah. It's like, ah, it's materialism and all this bullshit. Well, don't live in that big house. Don't have all these kids. I don't know what they tell you. Yeah, you enjoyed it for at least several years. Right. Why and now? That, and that blew my mind that it's his house and he's throwing this giant party. Yep. Yeah, he, he, he loved that house until the tax abatement went away. <laughs> yes, good point. Uh, Christian apparently hates children having fun and and he also hates toys and commercialization of the holiday. And Christian has a point. And also, they bring up elf worship as the biggest problem of Christmas. Apparently, because um, that means a, a movie thing. elf. That's <laughs> what it means. It's, like, it's just okay. It's an okay movie. It's just <laughs> right. okay, guys. Why are we obsessed? It's like Favreau's third best film. <laughs> Right behind Chef. Yeah. Well, that is a good movie. Great movie. Christian's work friend DeAndre comes by to talk about how their corporate bosses are taking Crazy Shirt Friday from them and how it's just and it's just how it starts before they take everything away from them. I feel like Kevin Hart turned down this role. Dan and Ant. Am I the only one that thought of Dan Flashes in this scene? (laughs) (laughs) It's the patterns. They're taking away the patterns. This, this shirt is $1,200 out the door. Out the door. <laughs> it, it cracked me up that he, again, he thought that they were going to take away Thursdays. That's a working day. They were obviously not going to take away a day where you work. Well, they have, they have something special on Thursdays, like Pizza Thursday. Yeah, who knows? For these guys, it, it just seems like they're batshit crazy. So, yeah. I don't crazy know why. Shirt they, Friday. Yeah. That's the how they get. Out- 
the one ounce of joy they have in their lives, I guess, the crazy <laughs> Friday. That I mean, it is, you know, that's always how these corporate places, you know, uh, choose not to give you more money is by like these little things like pizza party Fridays and mm-hmm. crazy shirt Fridays, just kind of like that superficial morale boost instead of yeah. just like pay me more. Yeah. And, like and, the ping pong table. We got you guys. Thanks in the kitchen, guys. And apparently yeah. Andre is so hard to shop for that all his wife buys him his crazy shirts for his crazy shirt Friday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Inatech has that Hawaiian shirt Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing relieves stress more, right, guys? Yeah. Dan Flash is, is probably keep staying in business because, because <laughs> of Crazy Shirt Friday. They'll have something to say about that. And then he goes on for about a minute without us hearing the audio because Christian doesn't care about what they assume what the assumed only minority character that has any lines has to say. So then Kirk goes to say what's up to Christian, but Christian amscraded to his car and is just sitting there in silence. Uh, it's just, you know, exactly the last thing someone does before he just leaves his life <laughs> and just goes to live somewhere else. He's just, I thought you were going to go darker. I thought he was just going to off himself. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that too. But he was probably that's, just contemplating just like that would be called saving Christian. <laughs> can we get there it's like a time travel <laughs> yeah <laughs> just gotta stop him from blowing his brains out <laughs> during the party <laughs> it's, it's it's still produced by liberty <laughs> but it's a now, suicide it's really bad yeah. why couldn't they pull like a uh, a Christmas carol thing here with Christian right? or like a, it's a wonderful life thing right sure. instead of having Kirk Cameron just yeah just like come at us with these pseudo facts because they couldn't film that version of the movie for 40 minutes in the car (laughs) yeah i don't know how this movie costs five hundred thousand dollars someone's got someone's got deep pockets on that set someone's got some splaining to do it it, it didn't know it that move version of the movie doesn't allow kirk cameron to talk for 40 minutes about something he heard on a podcast the other day (laughs) But he could he could be the hero still. He could be the angel. Yeah. I mean, it didn't seem like there was a lot of effort going into the script, so you made it better in three seconds. In three seconds, right. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I was just going to say, I, th- I think if this uh, film is made for 250 k then that dance scene is only two minutes long, uh, <laughs> not six. So yeah. then we, you know, we we really miss out. Yeah, we we lose on that. You got to pay all the Scott. You got to pay all God Squad's dancers. Yeah, I mean, what do you think they work on? Charity? Jeez, <laughs> they're uh, scale plus ten. <laughs> it's. It, it, I think it would have been cooler. Uh, well, geez, that's definitely the wrong word. Uh, it would have been. It wouldn't have been more interesting because this isn't an interesting <laughs> thing at all. <laughs> I, I guess it would have made more sense in in that. In, in that it would, way, where it would have showed effort, I think yeah. is what you're going <laughs> effort. For. Yeah, that's <laughs> that makes yeah, that's better. Because yeah, what's it's, this movie lacking? Is it the acting? Is it the soundtrack? Do you know the scenes? Is it not well edited? No effort. There was no effort in this. <laughs> Actual, honest to god effort. Yeah, it's a, it's surprising they cut away from the car to go into these like little vignettes. You just think it would be Kirk and Christian talking for all that time. But they yeah. actually put a guy in a, in some costumes and pretended it was like the 12th century or whatever. You know what it made it interesting is if Kirk was telling Christian the story, but also like in the scene with like the shepherd yeah. and like all. Right. It'll at least make it a little bit dynamic. Mm-hmm. Right. 
instead of just like imagine you being there like like okay imagine you're there and then they yeah they show them there like mm -hmm. cameron is just pointing out like like who's this guy like you right. don't know who saint nick is christian come yeah. on man make it a little bit more interactive that's two jackasses sitting in a car because they're right. sad about christmas <laughs> right why can't you just put yourselves into those scenes it's so easy <laughs> Because uh, second unit shot everything else <laughs> <laughs> with non-union actors and no hot chocolate. And no hot chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that, like Kirk Cameron just like there has to be hot chocolate in every scene. Fifty thousand dollar ch hot chocolate budget. <laughs> yeah, it's just every. That's what he paid the actors in hot chocolate. <laughs> Not even not even like made, just some packets. Right, yeah, it's, it's the, it's the pre-made stuff with mm -hmm. the, the stale marshmallows in it. Thanks. He gave them hot chocolate, and he'll he'll put in a good word with Jesus. Right, I'll, I'll pray for you guys. Don't worry, I got you. So they, uh, <laughs> the thought of somebody just being like, "All right, I'll pray for you," and I just no, 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 right. money, right. give me something other than your prayer. That doesn't do shit. Sorry, that yeah. just hit a weird nerve. <laughs> it's, the, it's the human fund <laughs> so then kirk goes to say what's up to christian with christian sam's great uh maybe christian is just an introvert and needs a goddamn break ever so often so kirk joins him in the car and christian goes into why he's having a meltdown he hates seeing bratty children around christmas and everybody just wants stuff christian looks at the commercialization and the materialism and feels like this is not what god wants christian Correct. is pretty by the director of Darren Down, by the way, which explains why it sounds like he's ad-libbing his dialogue. Christian says it's all wrong, but Kirk says, no, you're all wrong. There's so much tension in the music here that it feels like Kirk is about to pull a, ga a gun on Christian, but he does not. I, I think Christian mentions that uh, Jesus wasn't even born in December. Yeah. And so he goes on his little diatribe, and at the end, oh man... The, the look on Kirk Cameron's face, like, hmm, you think, you think you're right? Huh, well, let me fill you in on something, sir. He's like, so punchable. everything, yeah, oh, super punchable. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's like that scene in um, uh, True Lies with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Bill Paxton. Uh -huh. He just elbows Bill Paxton in the face. I, just, I, wanted, <laughs> I wanted Christian to do that to Kirk Cameron. But he's like, yeah, everything you just said there, wrong, one hundred percent wrong. Yeah, like, but most people do, uh, like most theologians do say that uh, he wasn't born in December. He was probably born in like for April. So, yeah. and and I, I like how they play it off. It's like, well, Wikipedia, look it up, man, Wikipedia. <laughs> okay, I yeah, I see what you're you're going for. Obviously, uh, the loosest of fact uh, based on the internet. Yeah. But, there, there are actual articles that are not from Wikipedia that, that do show that they theorize, yeah, he was probably born more in that the earlier part of the year. Yeah. Kirk tells him that he drank the Kool-Aid, took the bait, hook, line, and sinker. He's listening to the wrong people, and he's ruining the party for everyone. And Christian tosses the gauntlet. He says, tell me how this party and everything about modern Christmas pays tribute to Jesus. So Kurt says, Kirk says, okay, let's start with the nativity scene. And he goes piece by piece, starting with a feeding trough, and he says something vaguely racist when he says, let's move beyond the cute and traditional where everything is safe and soft, where everyone has white skin and clean yeah. clothes. Mm. <laughs> I well, noted that. That was hilarious. Technically, <laughs> like he would be so, like some somewhat right there, no? Like they're, they're Middle Eastern. They're, they're not going to be white people. Yeah. I mean, no. I mean, 
So I, I, I actually like, I almost spit my drink out when he said, let's, there's no white people. Like, Holy shit. He's admitting it. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> Is that the second, I think you can leave reference in this. <laughs> if it is that was not intentional <laughs> he then goes on to talk about the massacre of the innocents the aspect of the nativity story from the gospel of matthew in which herod orders the murder of all male children in bethlehem two years or younger which most historians believe is a myth and then yeah. talks at length about the swaddling clothes of all things as if there's enough time in an 80 minute movie to talk about some orphans dirty rags makes the connection of the swaddling cloth with the burial cloths from Jesus' burial. So we have Chekhov's swaddling clothes. <laughs> Which is a joke I wrote, and then I went back and watched the Maggie Mae Fish episode uh, video, and she made the same exact reference. So got to point that out. The point of this, I have no fucking clue. But Christian, I guess, gets it. I think um, he just, like, confuses Christian into getting it. Because yeah. He's to me... He's yeah, there's there's really no I, I didn't understand from what Christian's original point was to where per Cameron kind of wrapped it up. Like it the, the birth obviously all right, so we say that you know it's the birth of Christ, right? But he's like, no, it's like the death of Christ. So what are you talking about with the, the, the clothing and the death? I don't understand how that ties into Christmas. It, we're talking about the birth of Jesus, not the death of Jesus, right? So yeah. Okay, even if you wanted to say the birth and the death, fine. The the clothing has nothing to do with it. it. There's zero reason for that to be mentioned at all when tying it into Christmas. Yeah, I I think so. I think Kirk does a good job of arguing his point. I'll give him that. His point is meaningless. Yes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's just able to argue it. He, he's able to argue every point, whether or not yeah. it's right or wrong. It's I mean that's a completely different story. I think. Yeah, it's who can argue their point louder and faster is essentially the, uh, I mean, it's not, it's not uncommon (laughs) on the internet to find people that do that. But um, again, I I think it's, it's really one of those people who Kirk Cameron is very good at sounding like he knows what he's talking about with the Bible. So to someone who doesn't like, Oh, like he, he mentioned a name. He, He said like Deuteronomy. I don't know what Deuteronomy is, so he must know what that is. Mm-hmm. He must know what he's talking about. Yeah, I, I try, I've fallen for that several times, but not you know not just with like the Bible or anything like that, but just you know, like money. <laughs> so like, oh yeah, like stocks and 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 uh, dips and uh, peaks and valleys. Like, oh shit, this guy knows what he's talking about. <laughs> You gotta let your money work for you, bro. Exactly. <laughs> Passive He's income. He's you gotta get that in on that N of NFTs. <laughs> Take my money. <laughs> I'm starting to really like this idea that this film is basically an internet argument. Yeah. 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 This, this is fucking hilarious. Now this is <laughs> the internet, the Christmas movie. Yeah. It's just like it really an, is an internet argument in a car on Christmas. Which, which, Great. Which would explain the QAnon segment that's about to come up because then we then cut back into the party where deandre is talking to another guy at the party who then talks about every single conspiracy theory he could come up with in a pre QAnon world and his voice changes maybe and yes. i have no idea if this is parody or not because yeah, i don't i don't know if it's a joke or not at all yeah because irony is not coming through in this movie Mm-mm. so we come back to Christian and Kirk. Christian needs to know about Christmas trees because he's thinking it's paganism because the Druids worship trees, which they did. Kirk says Christmas trees come from Genesis, specifically the story of Adam and Eve. He also says that God put trees in his house after he created the universe. 
It also explains away the decision to celebrate Jesus' birthday in the winter, but also says, even if it was because of the winter solstice, who made the solstice but God? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's <Again>. so convenient. <laughs> yeah. it's, you, can, you can literally just explain anything away that, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, why is it this way? Because of God. Why is this? Because of God. Like, it, it, it's a poor man's excuse. Yep. Like, I can't explain it, so it must be God. A wizard did it. Right. So it, did it. <laughs> that would. I mean, he does bring up uh, Lord of the Rings. So mm-hmm. yeah. was it the Ishtari? Yeah. And They're in the, the beginning of uh, Fellowship, Gandalf does show up with a bunch of uh, fireworks, aka gifts oh, from his sack. Yeah. This guy mm-hmm. sounds like he knows what he's talking about. And a dragon. <laughs> I don't know if that's Christmassy. <laughs> well, we could ask Kirk Cameron to explain the dragons in the Bible. I mean, I'm sure he could figure out a way to do it. You give him a little bit of time. He'll be like the Christian version of Batman. If you give him enough prep time, he'll he'll destroy any <laughs> argument you have. Who wins in a fight, Batman with prep time or Kirk Cameron with prep time? Uh, are they are they discussing the Bible? Uh, I mean, Jesus. Kirk has Jesus on his side, and Batman has no parents. So, <laughs> Batman has Superman on his side, who is like Jesus. <laughs> Right. Also, uh, which Batman? Yeah, which Batman? Oh, that's a good point. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like the Michael Keaton one doesn't believe in Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and that, and that, take, that takes away Jesus's power, right? He's like Freddy Krueger. <laughs> if you don't believe him, he's got no power. <laughs> so, right. So Jesus has to use Kirk Cameron to regain the power, a la Freddy versus Jason. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so Kirk Cameron is is uh, Jesus is uh, I guess well uh, not deity Avatar Avatar yes <laughs> Kirk Cameron sh- shrinking away because nobody believes him believes in him is probably one of the saddest stories ever <laughs> and I would I would love to see that in the next Liberty <laughs> yeah, I, is there now is there a is there an obstacle so big that even Kirk Cameron can't get out of it I don't know good question yeah. Could, cause would Jesus do that to Kirk Cameron? No. No. So, but then, how can he suffer, or like, how can he show his, uh, I guess, his humility? Yeah, that's a paradox, right? <laughs> Kirk, Cameron. Kirk Cameron paradox. Robot head explodes. <laughs> Checkmate, Kirk. <laughs> you got him. So Kirk then tells us that every Christmas tree is a symbol of Jesus hanging on the cross, which is a morbid as fuck in a Christmas tree a lot. Definitely not. <laughs> Christian believes this shit, but then he comes up with what he believes is the trump card. Santa Claus. How yeah. can... How can, can I Kirk... go back quickly to the tree real fast? Yeah, 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 go ahead. Just the idea of having a wooden cross in a tree lot, if you believe like all trees are living, that they get to see a dead version of themselves hanging... <laughs> <laughs> inside the oh, lot. Yeah. Okay. That's I... me in a corner. <laughs> You're probably wondering how I got here. Uh... He literally does that in the beginning of the movie, Kirk Cameron. Oh yeah, he does. There, hey, I, just, like, I remember, I don't know if you guys had to suffer through CCD or like, you know, like Sunday yep. school or whatever. Yeah, I'm so sorry that you also had to suffer with me through that. But I, I'll, I remember a story where there are these two trees and one was very humble and you know like it didn't know what it was going to do in its life and there was this other tree who thought it was the greatest tree in the world and everyone loved this tree and one of the the, the tree who was more humble and everything like that was the tree that 
God, that Jesus was crucified on. <laughs> it was like, like that, that's, that, that was my meaning. I got to be with, with Jesus. Like, that's a sick story to tell kids. Yeah. Just I raise your hand. Going. Why are you, uh, miss, why are you telling us this? Why are we, <laughs> to why teach are we me to stay humble. I don't want that. Like maybe one day, children, when you get older, you, you'll also become a cross that someone gets crucified on. <laughs> she lost the metaphor there. <laughs> It's, it's just maddening some of these teachings. That's kind of when I realized, like, maybe this isn't for me. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I could go through with the rest. Of it. I just remember from CCD that one year my dad forgot to sign me up, and the next year I was supposed to repeat it. But then when they signed it up, he was like, nope, next year, the same year. Yep, <laughs> that's we're just keep going. Awesome. So I just completely skipped the year of CCD. It was great. Yeah, I remember uh, CCD because we went on Wednesdays and Saturdays. Mm-hmm. And I've never skipped junior high, never skipped a day of high school. I always skipped CC. That's the only good thing. for you. And and our our communion money, we would we would take that because we're so poor. We take our communion money, go next door to the Mexican store, and uh, get tacos. That's the and, and just so sit in the much parking better. lot and eat tacos. Oh yeah, yeah. So much tastier <laughs> than that communion wafer. And I'm gonna be listen. That's exactly what Jesus would want you to do. By the way, I think so too. One hundred percent. You you guys are lucky that you could get out of it. As speaking as a man that went to Catholic school for twelve years, oh boy, yeah. uh, I I never got out of it. I was I was in there. You're in it? Oh yeah, I I know exactly. I can, I can pinpoint I can pinpoint the exact the exact time where I gave up on on religion. Uh, was in CCD for and it was at, around Christmas, and we were doing a, a like a Christmas break. We weren't learning anything about the Bible or whatever. No teachings, none of that. We were playing hangman, playing hangman, and. One of the kids, uh, I guess, puzzle was Dan sucks. <laughs> and the fucking teacher laughed at it. And I was like, yeah, this isn't, oh, uh, yeah, this, uh, I do not believe in this anymore. Because <laughs> if we're in, we're supposed to be learning about the, the teachings, <laughs> the teachings of Jesus, who is the nicest person to have ever existed, right? The most forgiving person who is. You know, like you're like you know, be kind to one one another. And the fucking teacher's laughing at me. <laughs> like that's when I realize, yeah, I can't, I can't take this seriously anymore. Well, I hope that teacher doesn't <laughs> hear this because they're gonna be like, oh fuck, I lost one. God damn it! Yeah. So that's when I lost him. <laughs> yeah. This, Dan, th- this moment explains a lot of your reactions to uh, Jackbox moments. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- that that really taught me to get like tough skin, man. Was like, I'm, I'm I don't suck. <laughs> you, I don't. You suck. Huh? Take that. Got him. <laughs> I had to. I had to get tough skin. It was like. What am I gonna do? Literally, the the entire class plus the teachers laughing at me right now. So it's either it's either I get tough skin or I have a date with some razors later. And just, I had to just soldier on, man. I'm glad you did. Yes, I I am too. I didn't let the haters get to me. <laughs> Go back to Christian. Uh, yeah, that's, what, that's what Kirk's doing here. He's not letting Christian, aka the hater, get to. It. <laughs> he's, gonna, he's gonna fix him yeah. unlike that teacher of yours <laughs> so christian asks uh how can he rationalize santa and reindeer and sliding down chimneys in the name of jesus and then kirk cameron sings santa claus has come to town and i'm pretty sure he's never heard the song before yeah. <laughs> this movie could have been an hour if this director didn't ad-lib so much uh kirk talks about the real santa claus 
We cut all the way back to the shepherd looking guy from the beginning of the movie. He tells the story of Nicholas uh, from Turkey that spoke out against heretics that believed Jesus to be less than God and quote unquote fought to preserve the sanctity of the Trinity. Then Nicholas beats the shit out of the heretic, which is an admitted <laughs> exaggeration of what actually happens. It's Don't very you feel like the thing to do. There should be like a seven string guitar, like power chords, like, like going on during this whole scene. Like I feel yeah. like he's such a badass. Like it it should have been a, an accompanying soundtrack. For it sh- it should have been a Trans Siberian Orchestra, uh, Carol of the Bells, or something. Yeah. I'll tell you where this money didn't go to was the music for this because all of it is stock tracks. Yeah. I think they're all like preloaded iMovie music. Yeah. Extreme music. That is that is who all these songs are courtesy of. Extreme music. Yeah. This, yeah. this scene takes on a whole different meaning um, uh, as the years after this movie was made. Um, in the same way that uh, I saw "Mommy Kissing Santa Claus" by Michael Jackson did. Once new evidence has come to light, right? Like, you know, all, all the all the things post 2016 of fighting for your religion and. You know, oh, yeah. you know, doing all that stuff. Um, you know, he he went out and he just kicked the shit out of a heretic. You need to do that. Anybody that speaks out against what you believe, just beat the shit out of them. Yeah, it's essentially what this scene is saying. Um, in a not um in in a slightly gentler way. Mm-hmm. It's like a like the inverted whole uh like the last year like if you see a Nazi punch him in the face or I punch Nazis in the face. It's like an inverted version of that. Yeah. Right. Punch heretics in the face. Yeah. There you go. Talking about your Lord in a, not the same way that you do kick his ass. (laughs) That's what Jesus would want. That's all it comes comes (laughs) down to. Everybody's just, everybody's religious. They're just like, you know, well, Jesus, Jesus was a prophet. He's not, he's not as big as God. That's what this whole, this whole scene Mm. is that he's not God. He's the son of God, which just, I don't know. Yeah. Again, I mean, again, one of the one of the the like the main teachings: turn the other cheek. Right? Saint Nicholas is like, nope, fuck that. (laughs) Smite that fucking cheek. (laughs) Turn that cheek, so I'll smite the other one too. Uh, but then uh, the legend grows, and Saint Nicholas becomes a story over the world. And Christian is embarrassed by his naivety. Christian is basically the only person who has ever listened to an argument and completely changed his beliefs. But Kirk tells him the end of the story should be that Christian returns to the party and apologizes to his wife. So Christian returns to the party in dramatic fashion, which stops the party dead. And Kirk tells Christian to go into the party with new eyes. So Christian slides across the foyer on his stomach, and apparently this is a lesson from God. And Kirk says to imagine the presence under the tree as a new Jerusalem sitting below the tree of life. He also says that God always gives gifts at the base of trees, so it's okay to open them. I yeah. I must have missed that in the Bible. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's grasping at straws. Twenty one fourteen. Yeah, yeah. I I would say above all else, uh, when it comes to Christian, I would tap him for a pinch runner because <laughs> that, I know he could slide into home. Like, <laughs> yeah. sliding into yep. the house, just belly, just belly to the ground like a penguin. Just went for it. <laughs> Yeah, I guess the spirit was just speaking to him, man. It was going, it was flowing through him. 
he had no choice. It's 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 a lot of stretching, man. It's a, when he talks about how uh, the, the Bible started in a tree lot and it's Eden. Where do you get that connection? Like, where are you going with that? That's not a tree lot. There's two trees. <laughs> that's 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 a piss poor tree lot. I, I would immediately turn around and go to a better tree lot. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess this is just the benefit of having everything that you're going to argue written for you down. Yeah. When when an argument is scripted, you get to decide if you win or lose. Yeah. <laughs> it's scripted. It gets handed to you. No, this argument's wrong. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> Zoom in on my face. Give me a cup of hot chocolate. <laughs> and then Christian acts like a maniac for the rest of the party, jumping into Santa's lap, getting pictures taken with everyone. Meanwhile, Kirk's sister never stops walking in slow motion, looking skeptically at her own husband. And Kirk tells us that we need to decorate our homes with all signs pointing to Jesus and remind your children that nutcrackers represent King Herod's soldiers intent on murdering baby Jesus. <laughs> then Christian apologizes to his wife, who has had the same face throughout the entire goddamn movie. <laughs> <laughs> Christian says that he... Organize the hip-hop dance crew that encompasses all the joy and gospel bursting in the excitement that I alone as one man cannot just cannot express. Then DeAndre hits the music, because of course he does. And then the <laughs> yes. dance crew dances to Angels We Have Heard on High. Fucking white people dance. Yes. I'm glad it's I missed the, that. The... Oh, what what part did you cut out? You cut as soon as you saw the dancing, you're just like, oh, fuck it. Yeah, as soon as soon as these kids started to uh to to dance, I just said, Nope. <laughs> yeah, the, nope, right on out of there. The, the God Squad did nothing for you. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. It, again, it, it like maybe there was a shred of a shred of uh, of religion left in me. Gone once I saw the, so, so. once I saw those honkies dancing. So 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 you missed um when Bridget uh, Cameron took her heels off and all of a sudden started doing a hip hop routine very poorly. Correct. Yes, I, I missed that gladly. It seemed like she didn't even want to do it. No. <laughs> I, I kind of I, I feel that way as like a theme for this whole movie is that Bridget Cameron did not want it. I, I think she's just a body. Mm-hmm. I think she needs to be saved, but not in like the well, Jesus y way. Yeah. Well, that, <laughs> I think that, she literally needs to be saved from her brother because that, I think he's just like, I got an idea for a movie. We're gonna make it, you're gonna be in it. And she's like, Oh, because well, it, it, it's just like he doesn't have to pay her. Yeah, it would explain a lot because she was a stand in for her whole career. So, yeah, <laughs> was she really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think the problem is that Candace has too is too famous and her husband is also too famous. famous? Yeah. Yeah. He told so, her that if she doesn't star in the movie, she doesn't get into heaven. So <laughs> God Probably. told me, if you don't do my movie, you're going straight to hell. And, yeah. okay. and as you just mentioned, Candace and her husband are way too famous to, <laughs> to be as suckered in with that line. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I feel like Kirk Cameron then should be saved for Christmas because, I mean, Candace is probably is not going to his house. And even if she does... She's like corny and Jesus-y. Yeah. Enough yeah, she, 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 he goes and makes successful, in quotes, Christmas movies. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think she, uh, she's as religious as Kirk, but doesn't, doesn't advertise it. And that's why she's, she's still a viable bank, bankable yeah. star right. in, in her own way. Yeah. She's not like out and corny about it. Right. Yeah. Well, that, I think that's what Kirk Cameron's talking about, right? She's one of those people who says, you know, celebrate it, but don't be too loud about it. Right. He was talking specifically to Candace. <laughs> and just and then, like, can, can we assume that the other group was uh, was Bridget? 
I love that now now this movie, I mean, we've gone through so many iterations of, uh, if we can call it a film, uh, now it's just to undercut and uh, passive-aggressively talk shit about his sisters. <laughs> yeah. Which in reality is like, you know, the most holiday thing you could do. Yeah, I was, was going to say, Dan, as a, as a man, I was going to say, Dan, as a man with two sisters, do you feel this could be a very plausible situation? Oh God, yes. <laughs> and and that's normal. That's so normal of a family thing to do. Just like you air your grievances, man. It's just you talk shit about your family. Like, oh, they're doing this, they're doing that, and then you come together and you hash it out. And that's I, that's the holidays. We, if we want to keep going with this thread. Um, I, I could 100% see this movie being written and created because of one offhanded comment by uh, Candace to Kirk. <laughs> yeah. I'll, sh- I'll show her. I'll show her. <laughs> Reason for the season, my ass. <laughs> uh, then we all endure secondhand embarrassment as this dance scene goes on for a solid five minutes. Dude, you can mm-hmm. scrub through this and go, oh shit, it's still going. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly I what I did. <laughs> yeah, that did that too. <laughs> I clicked that 15 seconds ahead plenty of times. My um my wife uh used to choreograph uh stage plays. They do like mm-hmm. set decoration stuff like that. Um and she used to choreograph uh um like all the dance numbers and stuff. Oh, oh, she has a whole like uh, Jesus camp like backstory too. So I really wanted to watch this with her but it just timing didn't work out. And we'll end up watching it again. It'll be my third. But um I feel like while watching that dance number, I'm like, oh, man, I wish Liz was here. And then I was like, no, I don't think she would like to see this. I think this would be really bad. And then I was like, no, she has to see them. Yeah. I went through all these different iterations and uh, ended up there. Yeah. And, so and, all and I have to say, specific... it's an amazing dance sequence. Yeah. And, and the specific moment you came to that realization was when Kirk Cameron started doing the work, correct? <laughs> I knew the... that would seal the deal. Does the worm? <laughs> like, I know my wife. Let's see what... Yep. He does the worm in slow motion. Yeah. Everything slow about motion, this yeah. sounds upsetting. Yeah, and th- and this movie even has a freeze frame ending. It yeah. does. Ooh, no, I, I have it. I have it down on here. Yeah, uh, but then Kirk gives us permission to indulge in the materialism of Christmas because, as the prosperity doctrine states, wealth and material possessions are only possible because God has allowed it. So indulging in it is a celebration of God. We end on my least favorite freeze frame that we've ever encountered. Just a yeah, cheap. And that and that wink from Kurt is very much buys into our theory that he he uh, bribed his sister to be in this movie. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. And then we're treated to bloopers. All the best movies have bloopers at the end. And apparently there's a <laughs> there's a credit sequence. I didn't realize that. What is it? It's just beatboxing. Yeah, the uh, yeah he the the uh, the Andre beatboxes, and then the conspiracy theory guy just starts rapping. Oh God! Yeah, I I did the I did the scrubbing thing like following along the timeline because mm. uh, I didn't see this last time I watched it, and I saw at the end that there was still I was like oh there's a scene here and I clicked it and then they started beatboxing and I'm mm. like oh no <laughs> yeah I think DeAndre talks to Christian once yeah and then uh, he's just like all right just talk to that other black guy and we'll film it <laughs> uh, just talk about some com- conspiracy shit that you read on Wiki yeah. And I 100% think they had to re-record dialogue. That's why they did the cups in front of their mouths. Yeah. I mean, the point, yeah. Yeah, I won. It's weird because that, that would have to show foresight, right? Yeah, he was like, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the scene being shot, Kurt, or the director's like, I don't really know what you guys say here, so just put your cups in front of your mouths. I'll film it for like 30 seconds. 
Good. 90 seconds and then we'll do some ADR afterwards. Yeah, because they they, actually, they do a joke like that in The Simpsons of the Super Bowl episode because they didn't know who was going to be in the Super Bowl when they made right. the, the episode and then they just ADR'd it because every so everybody moves the cups over their hands like Denver Broncos, Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> <laughs> but so I don't know what it what it would have been here is like why what they're covering up because it is it's obvious it's obvious ADR in that scene. But yeah. I thought, so you were gonna go with the, uh, voice. I thought you were going to go with the Mr. Black. Here's my <laughs> good friend, Black. Mr. Black. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, so, yeah, that's Kirk Cameron's Saving Christmas. I think this could be this could be one of the worst. Yeah. I mean, it's in its own kind of category, though, because this isn't really a movie. Um, right. Not like uh, our favorite. What was uh, what's the the woman where she fucks her dog? Uh, uh, love on a leash love on a leash um, yeah. that's still probably the worst mo- actual movie that we've seen yeah. <laughs> yeah as much as we shit on this movie this movie actually had sound direction so <laughs> yeah the that's uh, right that movie literally had no music um but yeah this is i don't i couldn't even say what to make this better it shouldn't exist <laughs> i think we did an entire half part of the episode on making this better yeah if maybe if Kirk Cameron at the end of it, he realizes he comes and he finds out he has diabetes because of all the hot chocolate he drinks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have three months to live. Oh, no. Uh, his, his blood's 40% cocoa. <laughs> right. it's, it's so rich and chocolatey. Gets a paper cut. Mm, smells delicious in there. <laughs> Hot cocoa, or... <laughs> like a fondue out of his blood. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, Alex, where can we find you? Oh, you can find us at and me on uh, bingemedia.net. Our flagship binge cast comes out every Monday morning. And if you are a subscriber to our Patreon, it's uh, patreon.com slash bingemedia. You get our binge cast a day or so earlier. And you get access to the full binge for five bucks a month. Full binge is the extra two or so hours uh, added to the binge cast and uh, all of our other exclusive shows and commentaries. Pete does a lot of commentaries previous. Yes. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thanks for coming on. This was a lot of fun, despite the movie yeah. that we talked about. Well, I could talk about this for another hour. <laughs> and I feel like we could, too. Yeah, <laughs> we could all yeah. do it. <laughs> we won't boot. No. Uh, all right, guys, you want to plug your shit so we get out of here? Yeah, uh, real quick, just want to uh, quickly say that we're still in the midst of our Extra Life campaign raising money for the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. Uh, you can donate through the end of the year, so December 31st. Uh, it is at tinyurl.com slash Art, so you can donate there. We're currently at our—we're uh, we're nearing our second goal of $2,000, so we're, we're pretty close. Uh, we're going to be doing another Twitch stream to kind of give us that final push at the end of the year Come join us we'll be uh playing some jackbox games and uh who, who knows what else we'll be playing but yeah if, if you can donate great if not if you could just tell a friend uh see if they can help uh that'd be great and yeah that's about it for me yeah and then um our other podcast uh stranger damies our D podcast will be airing its final two episodes coming up so make sure you check those out and thank you guys uh for being there through 150 something episodes that we've done um so um yeah that we should um uh, trying to tie it to the anniversary of our first posting which uh uh will be uh sometime i think two weeks so um we may have back-to-back episodes to make that happen but um 
yeah, so we're on Instagram and Twitter at Stranger Damies. We are continuing the campaign, so if you are interested in the story, there will be photos and uh, commentary on there. And um, if we feel the need to, um, we may uh, do another one of our interview shows talking to strangers um, uh, for your listening pleasure. Um, and then we have our uh, gaming podcast, uh, the Game Vault Podcast, which airs every other Monday. Um, so be sure to check us out. We're on all socials at Game Vault Pod. Um, and then twitch.tv slash Game Vault Pod is where um, the stream for Extra Life will be. And um, it's also where we stream three days a week, uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Each day is themed. Uh, Monday is Tom's Night, and he usually does like some kind of RPG, or, and he does our Retro Roulette game. Uh, Wednesday, we do multiplayer shooters, which will probably be Halo Infinite now and into the future. And um, Thursdays is my co-op day right now. Um, me and uh, Jen are going through It Takes Two. Um, we're almost finished there. Should have it done by the end of the year. Um, so uh, be sure to check that out. Okay, great. And we are They Called Smoothie. You can find us on all podcast streaming apps just by searching They Called Smoothie, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us there. TheMainDamon.com is our main website, and you can find us on all podcast, po- all socials just by searching The Main Damie. So that's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Search The Main Damie. will pop right up. We are a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at GVNation.com and on all socials and all podcast streaming apps just by searching Geek Vibes Nation. Tons of great shows. If you're into geek stuff, there's surely a show for you. We're also on TikTok that they call this a movie. We post some videos there, short little clips from our podcast. You can find that, but they call us a movie. Questions, comments, you want to suggest a movie for us, the main name at gmail.com is our email address. And we'd love to hear from you. If you have five star a minute, give us a five-star review on your podcast app of choice. It really helps us out. And uh, that's about all for us. I want to thank Alex once again from Binge Media for coming on this week. and. The director of Kirk Cameron's Saving Christmas is Darren Doan, and I'm going to bring something back for this specific episode. <laughs> uh, for Dan Aquino, Mark Myers, and Alex from Binge Media, this is Anthony Devico telling director Darren Doan and Kirk Cameron, go fuck themselves. Go fuck themselves.